Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Joe, aka Joe, the Wellness Curator, and this is the Obsidian Mindset Podcast, where we are redefining what wellness means to you. Woo! I am so excited to be back. I know, you know, been out for a minute, but now I'm back. Uh, so last week, if you, I don't know if I mentioned in the last episode, but I did go to Carnival. A Carnival is a festival celebration in Trinidad. Uh, so I was out there and, you know, I will be talking about this in the next episode. There was a lot of things I had to discuss when it comes to wellness, especially when it comes to my own body uh, and choosing the costume I chose, which was very intentional uh, and stretching myself and going outside my comfort zone. So there's a lot to discuss there and how that journey went and how I ended up enjoying my life and winding my waist on the road. But that is not what this episode is about. So for this episode, we're going behind the art and discussing the artist behind the, the last segment. So we were talking about food and wellness these last couple of episodes. His name is Justin Wu, and he's been helping and creating such amazing art for these last episodes. So I want to give him a quick shout out and show y'all who he is and where to find him and give a little more debrief of who he is and what he's about. So to give a quick intro, Justin Wu, AKA Hungry Artist of New York, is a food content creator and illustrator based in New York City. Justin has been drawing since he was a kid and he fell in love with the diverse cuisine that New York City has to offer. Currently, he creates content and artwork for various restaurants, food vendors, and brands. He is really dope. Uh, if you don't, please check out his, his IG, Hungry Artist New York, and uh, we talk a little bit about it in this episode, in the interview of like why he started to do this, you know, it started from the pandemic uh, and how he's kind of shifted his own approach to art, own approach to art and wellness through this process. You know, he's created, he's gotten more tools in his toolbox. He started to do some risky things and, you know, see it paid off. And now he's starting to pay on those dividends and do more and more and get more creative and it's been really cool to watch uh as a friend so i know him from college and um that was a really interesting part of this interview we also get into another section where we talk about his wellness and what he does for himself and how he's evolved over the years when it comes to his wellness and lastly a really important piece for me was you know we are currently in a really really divisive time for asian uh for those that identify as asian in the aapi community so we talk a little bit about aapi uh or asian hate how that's impacted him and what he does to combat it in his own way um, so I want you all to listen, uh, take notes, take down the gems, um, and really let me know what you think. So as usual, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to hit me up at joe at definedbyobsidian.com, or feel free to hit us up on our IG, Obsidian Mindset, and let's get right into it. Poor. All right. Hello, Justin. How are you doing? Welcome to Obsidian. What's up, Joe? Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. So just to, to, I guess, a brief background. Well, not really brief, but I know Justin from school. I went to college together. Um, and he's do, he does some amazing stuff on his own IG. Um, and he'll talk a little bit more about that after. But I definitely thought I wanted to have him on this next segment of the series for the podcast where we talk in depth about food. And he was the kind of like food artist guy. So I thought this would be the perfect opportunity. Uh, so I guess we kind of start from there. When I asked you to first um, 
do this project, explain what it was about, what were your first thoughts? Um, and if you could also give us some background about your own uh, artistic journey, because I didn't meet you as an artist per se, or I didn't know you yeah. um, drew like that. So I definitely want to know about how that journey comes to came together or came to here this moment right now. For sure. I guess I'll start by introducing myself a little bit in my background. <laughs> so my name is Justin. I'm from New York, uh, born and raised in Queens. And I actually always oh, cool. loved drawing. Um, actually, like art was, I would say, the one extracurricular besides basketball that I just naturally liked. That my, I mean, my parents were always, you know, supportive people, supportive parents, great parents. But I feel like, you know, like I didn't really like the piano too much, and I had to do <laughs> piano, which which was helpful, right? Everything, but art was always natural to me. Like in kindergarten, I loved just coloring, and like to the point where I would get in trouble with my teacher. Um, that was a running joke in my family. Uh, but I actually took art classes, um, which my, you know, my parents supported until right before high school, but I actually quit those classes right before high school because the high school I went to was a specialized math and science, mm. which, um, <clears throat> it's ironic because yes, I did also start my career in accounting, but I would say I'm not that good at math. <laughs> so math and science was like a challenge for me in high school, especially when you're supposed to be specialized for it. Um, the irony the irony right but art was always like something i loved and i just got away from it like you mentioned in college i didn't draw at all because you know i think in college i was more focused on honestly going to the bar or like going to class <laughs> right uh and i just i just kind of like it's funny like some people that were some people that i lived with knew i drew because once in a while i would doodle and they'd be like oh it's it's not bad like it's pretty good right um but I really got back to it as an adult, like out, uh, fresh out of, you know, like starting work and everything. And, but I would, I would consider myself like a distracted individual, meaning I have a lot of interests. So mm -hmm. anything creative. So like what happened with my account was I was making, you know, food, uh, food art for restaurants during the pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, when restaurants were closed as a way to highlight, um, dishes that I missed, like eating at a restaurant that I was ordering from takeout. And then eventually when things started to reopen, I started fundraising um, through my artwork for restaurant relief and started meeting a lot of chefs or, you know, restaurant tours and people like that. And then I started eventually vlogging my experiences at these restaurants and that's how the video stuff became pretty prominent. And then mm -hmm. suddenly it was a hybrid account. <laughs> so that's the background that I run platform is Hungry Artists and Why currently. And then I know, and then you hit me up for, you know, the podcast art. And the first thing I thought was it'd be interesting and it'd be fun. And, and also like knowing you from school, I thought it would be really cool to collaborate with a friend and, mm -hmm. you know, it's awesome. You're doing your own podcast. So. Much appreciated. Um, and definitely I'll put his, uh, the IG in the bio, but his amazing art. Um, I also love the narration and things of that nature. And so, so before we even get to back to my, the podcast and the series, I definitely want to hear more about. Like, what has been your favorite part of doing this or the new form? Like, how did you find the format that you wanted to do this in? Because I feel like that's very different um, compared to other things you see. And do you have like a favorite restaurant or food or collaboration that you've done so far? Yeah, it definitely varies. So like, I feel like running this page and this initiative has taught me it's okay to evolve. Um, <clears throat> I was very worried, especially with social media and algorithm. You're always <laughs> thinking like, you don't want to like, get too away from your niche but um 
you know, as you kind of like grow, you start to realize it's okay to branch out a little bit. Um, I think, I mean, I think I'm going to generalize a little bit that like in the beginning, the process was I was, I would order food takeout and I would eat it. And then, you know, food causes a lot of emotions, um, sensory, like how it tastes, how it smells, how it looks, how it makes you feel. Um, and I would draw it based off that. And I would say later on, uh, people like some of the restaurants that I tagged, they took notice and that's how I went in to gift them. Like they reached out and I was like, Oh, like, Hey, by the way, I could totally, you know, gift you a copy. Cause I was doing art on my iPad yep. during the pandemic. That was new to me. Uh, usually art for me was, you know, pastel sketches on paper, you know, on canvas, but not really digitally. So that was kind of how the process was. And I guess the videos, some of it's just organic. Some of it's just because I honestly love food and learning about it. Um, some of it's just in collaboration with restaurants, but I'm just open to trying new things. And that's kind of how it evolves. Got it. I love that. Um, and what, so what, you mentioned you use the iPad. So what uh, is your preferred, I guess, you, creation or method of art? Um, as a creator and uh, or and what are the other ways that you typically do it? So what's your preferred and what, what's some other ways that you uh, put down your art? I would break it out in, I guess, like time timeline. So mm. as a kid, I loved pastel. And the reason why I loved pastel is because it's pretty expressive. Um, it has a very soft, you know, type of texture and you could blend colors. And I have so digital allows me to be cleaner because of the nature of the work but truly as an artist i'm pretty i'm not i'm not like a very precise um you know like i would say even detailed artist um some people are like really fine like watercolor for example i'm not great at watercolor admittedly <laughs> because i just yeah i just don't have the finesse and the patience but like <laughs> pastel you can li literally use your hands i love using my hands and like blurring you know blending colors Got it. i like feeling the art too and that's why like oil paint was like my paintings were kind of all over the place but i liked it um and then in college to like early adulthood i got into inking a lot so like a lot of sharpie copic markers um yeah it was like the really strong defined lines like a lot of freehand stuff um and then now, like, I guess now preferred is digital. And the main reason is because I feel like the way that I approach my art, <clears throat> I am an illustrator, but I kind of look at my page as an art form because I do see content creation as art. Um, mm -hmm. you're, there's an art of narration. There's an art of storytelling, how you yep. show your video, show your videos. Um, I'm not like a visual slash videography expert, um, far from it, but you know, like just how you kind of think about how the human mind works and how you can relate to people. I think yes. art has a huge podcast too, right? Like that's, I think art's a very broad term, right? So then mm -hmm. if I could tie in the story, the narrative about, okay, like this person is down to make art about food that he loves, but also actually physically go to these restaurants and connect with people on a person to person level. Like that's where I kind of view my art right now. And one thing I'm playing around with right now too, a new concept is me actually, it's the opposite, right? So me drawing the food first and a chef or someone making it. Like me, Ooh. I've done that once so far. It's very new. Um, I drew, yeah, yeah. Well, I, drew, <laughs> I mean, I drew a pizza pie 
that like um, I collaborated with Nona's and Astoria with um, and they had never done a pesto pie before and it was Christmas so I was like green and red is Christmas so back that back into that and then it's like green pesto what would taste good with pesto sun-dried tomatoes that's red sun-dried tomatoes kind of look like you know Christmas lights and then yeah, 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 yeah. I started visualizing it and I drew it and I brought it to them they're like they're like yeah we can make this and it looked exactly like it and that's when I realized like maybe this could be a connector of sorts because now I'm not only showcasing that I could draw that or think of that it's challenging me to think about if it would actually taste good because I'm not a chef yeah but also but also it's showcasing like the chef's talent right mm -hmm. it's like this person is an alchemist is a magician like this person made something 2d into something you could eat and smell so that i love that concept it one it reminds me of um life imitating art and then art imitating life like you're yes. kind of creating the two uh, i love that uh, bifurcation it definitely gives yeah. now instead of you the ch it, well it continues to challenge you but also challenges the art uh the chef who in essence is another type of art it's well some chefs but i think a lot of chefs consider yeah. themselves there if the good ones consider the food that they deliver and the experiences that the customers feeling um some of the artists uh so i think that's a really good tie around um definitely want to see more of that uh so i think and, and i think you brought it up um storytelling i think is so much to do with art you said podcasts and and the way you narrate even content creation because i feel like the storytelling gives a depth to it um mm -hmm. anyone i won't say anyone could draw a picture but it's like can that picture tell a story or can you tell the story behind that picture to give that feeling to the uh viewer or to the consumer um so i think that's really important and i i, I curious because i did hear you say that you like to touch your art and kind of like the feeling of it how does that and this kind of ties into wellness but how does your art kind of impact your wellness and how does your wellness impact your art yeah so like actually this is um something i thought about recently because i told you before the pod that unfortunately i'm i'm like a little sick right now mm -hmm. <laughs> so for the audience i apologize if my voice is raspy actually my voice isn't this raspy usually but um art is a huge positive influence on me because I think the community that comes with it too, mm. like part of the reason why you didn't know that I drew in college is because I didn't really put it out there. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that I didn't think that I was any good, but you know, like I think with anybody else, like I, I quit art, you know, I, like I said before high school. So you have a sense of imposter syndrome. And when I kicked off this mm. account, I had about 30 to 40 illustrations I hadn't put out yet. And I was just, they were just in my iPad and I was like, of course you're a little nervous but um what i've learned is that you know there's a lot of people that are supportive and thankful and and it's not always about like i'm not i'm just not the most technically sound artist because of where i cut my technical training short but i've, I've noticed that that's the beauty of art where it's malleable it's subjective i mean i go to the moment sometimes and <clears throat> i'm being hypocritical because i'll look at something super you know modern and it'll just be a canvas with a dot on it. And I'll turn to my wife and be like, we just paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, but, but, you know, I, I mean, I'm seeing it differently now. Like I think yeah. that was me before and I might crack that joke now, but what I've noticed now is that a lot of it is what you mentioned. It's the story mm -hmm. because usually if you read the description, yeah. uh, there's something about it. Like there's, and I'm not an art historian. I'm not well-versed in art history, but there was this, and people might know I'm talking about, but there was this large canvas that was just blue with blue paint. 
I forget the guy's name, but at first I had no idea why it was relevant. I'm like, I don't know what I'm staring at. It's pretty. It's a very pretty shade of blue, but I don't get it. But my, I went with my wife and her, one of her close friends, and her close friend um, majored in art history, like was an auctioneer, knows a lot about art. And she told me, well, this is one of the most famous works because this person invented the shade of blue. It never existed ah. before that. And it's apparently like one of the most purest shades of blue. And as I looked at it, she was right. Like, it feels like you're almost swimming in it. Like emotionally, you start to feel like it's just pulling you in. And I think that's how I feel about art now. Like to bring it all back, like it's really the storytelling factor, the way to connect with people. And that's allowed me to meet people, become friends with people, um, you know, collaborate, make impact on each other, like ways that I've never thought were possible. Um, on the other end, I would say, <clears throat> like I talked about being sick because I realized I mean, part of the reason why I'm sick is just because I caught the flu, which is very contagious, right? That's one reason. <laughs> That's, but the second that'll do reason, it. Yeah, and that will do it. But the second reason is because I don't think it's a coincidence. I think I've worked, um, mm -hmm. you know, I have a day job, right? And then I, I go out and content create, and I also create art, and I'm doing all these other things. And I think, like, I didn't realize I was doing it, but I overworked myself, and... I think that was bad for my wellness because all of a sudden I felt, and as you grow too, like you're always challenging yourself, but then you mm -hmm. start giving yourself self-imposed pressure mm -hmm. to create something better, but what is better? And then if something doesn't perform as well, you're like, damn, I'm falling off. But then you start realizing you threw out a few concept people and people, A, probably didn't resonate towards it yet, or they just didn't see it because they may have just not seen it. Or yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you did something wrong, but like, I'll be transparent in that in the last two months I was going through those motions like in my head like I would I would notice that my brain wouldn't turn off like I would wake up and I'd be thinking about it. like mm -hmm. on top of other stuff too on top of like life like responsibilities like my nine to five you know and then all of a sudden I was I don't usually get sick often but I got sick like three times in the span of one and a half months so then I was like all right this is a warning sign like this is your body telling you that yep. You got to prioritize your health a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think my relationship, art's important, but I think, like, part of me is kind of now, like, okay, like, if you're going to create the best work that you can create and also create the best version of you, then I need to just chill out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a balancing act. No, I think I could totally resonate. Even for me, um, you know, you have the, you set your, you you create these self-imposed expectations. And as soon as it's not met, you kind of think of the worst um, or say, yeah. like you said, you're falling off or, oh, everyone, or I think I'm a failure or things of that nature. And all these conversations start coming in um, until you realize that you can literally change the expectation, right? You can say, you can, instead of saying, oh, I'm gonna get a thousand likes tomorrow. I'm like, okay, if I don't, the world's not the end of the, the it's not the end of the world, right? I'm still doing yeah. what I have to do and I'm still enjoying what I'm doing. Um, and I think one thing I would, and it's for me, I will, I want to focus a little bit on like quantity quality and, uh, and with that, when you, some, when you, when someone experiences your art, what do you want them to feel? How do you like, that's always one question I have for artists. Cause I think sometimes it's one thing for me to look at something and see what I see, but sometimes I'm curious as to what they want the artist to feel when they look at their art. 
Sure. Um, it varies, right? I would say like an example would be, I've done pieces last year that um, I based all on my like, all on like nostalgic dishes for me. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I helped illustrate a calendar for um, a marketing company that hired me, and they were like, you could draw whatever you want, but like, think about what imagery um, resonates for that month. So certain months, like certain holidays, festivals, you know, in my culture, right? Or you know, like I I thought of those that triggered like memories, and I thought of like what my mom used to make, or still does, right? So when I drew those illustrations the first thing that i thought to myself was the way i feel when i draw this i kind of want people to feel that maybe it won't be as intense or it might be if they you know have tried the dish before or grew up like with it and there were some people whether they were taiwanese or you know chinese or of api descent that understood it really well um because their moms also grew up making it or their dads, right? Um, so I feel like that relatable um, aspect where it triggers a memory, a core memory. Um, other times it might just be, if it's just like a illustration that's less composition based and it's really just about the dish, it's about the fact that, oh, this guy spent time to draw it. So he must have... <laughs> I mean, he must have really liked it, right? Like, why would he sit there <laughs> and draw this? He could have just taken a photo. <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. Where and, and also, I think with my art, the way I try to present it, it's like if I display it publicly, I usually try to have some type of, like, just like the museum, I'll have like a little blurb about what it's about or who I am, because I think the context, I think context is important. Like, mm-hmm. um. A lot of illustrations, like I mentioned before, paintings, like if you didn't know the context, it might not have any relevance to you. It mm-hmm. might be beautiful, but you might not really know, but it's so much more significant and um, important when you suddenly know the reason behind it or like what that person was going through or what that person was experiencing. Like, um, I think that's that's pretty fascinating and that's the way I usually approach it. I like that. Um... I think one thing that I, when I look at your account and the the narration, it always feels like a piece of joy or just a real experiential experiential moment uh, when it comes to food. Uh, and I think for us as humans, food, you kind of think of it as that experience. Um, you know, even if you're going down this healthy uh, wellness route, uh, you can still experience good food and uh, have that moment. Um, so I'm curious, of how did that feel to do that during the pandemic when you know that some i feel like in a lot of senses that feeling kind of lo- lo- we lost it because you know we were all kind of locked in together but i feel like you found pockets of it while doing your content i don't know if you felt that way or if anyone has made that that uh comment to you but um is that something that you resonate with and how did you continue doing that in this weird time no absolutely because like the only reason why this concept uh, kicked off was because of the pandemic was because I realized, you know, I knew restaurants were closed. I missed dining out. And a lot of us suddenly realized the magnitude of what has happened because you start realizing these bomb pops can't survive. Mm. Like not with the current environment, not with one day you're saying they could be open, but people aren't really going anyways. And then like you're telling them that they have to close now, which 
which made like obviously like we understood like there was the reasons that there was yeah. tough decisions to be made like i'm not saying the decision makers like it was difficult but it was terrible and it was not it was a mm-hmm. lose-lose situation and yep. for me my, my my main thinking like i never knew i was going to make content like that mm-hmm. i just thought i was going to be illustrating and my main thought at the time was i just want to illustrate something that i care about which is food and it's it, it's a cool way to kind of shine a light on businesses because there's a lot of food bloggers out there food bloggers and they take pictures i'll do something different i looked at my instagram page i looked through hashtags did some research didn't really see a food illustrator like that in new york city like there there are a lot of food illustrators but i didn't see one at the time that was like targeting like the restaurant topic like that and in the beginning i wanted to be a very pure aesthetic like just our um bold background very strong illustration just focus on the food so like the first 40 posts on my page are like i would say it looked like a mosaic of like you know like of different illustrations so the first time i like showed my face i was like oh this is like an ugly <laughs> i'm like this is like like not not even just on my my personal face i'm just saying like my feet is ugly now like i just put my face up there like what am i doing <laughs> like you have this like face and then all these illustrations but like thankfully i did it because i started making video mm. but um the whole and then it transformed right like once i started meeting people then my goal was like spark joy like you said like how do i surprise them because that that joy yes i got some of that when i got takeout but it wasn't the same like all of us were thinking like man it'd be great just to like go to a cafe or like it'd be great mm-hmm. to like i'm not even talking to, i mean restaurants in general but i'm not even talking about anything crazy like i just want to get a cup of coffee at my local whatever right and then once i was able to do that again um i felt that joy and i was like how do i reciprocate that you know, right now I'm lucky to have a full-time job. A lot of these people don't. So I started fundraising. I made a website. Started selling art on a more that. prolific scale. Um, a lot of people asked too, and that's what motivated me to do it. And then also, I was going in person, and I would tell them like, "Hey, like sometimes it would be like actually surprised that I like I like talked to someone that knew the person, or I found a way." Or um, other times it'd be like, they reached out and I'd be like, hey, I'd love to drop by with the art, uh, you know, and then like, maybe we could just like take some photos of your food or whatever. And that's how I started building relationships. And I never thought that it just continued to evolve. Right. And then eventually, like now I do this in a semi-professional manner. Like mm-hmm. a lot of it's still, you know, like just obviously just me doing me, but sometimes people commission me for art or sometimes people commission me for video projects and like, the first time that happened too, I felt weird because I'm like, damn, I was doing this off for charity. And <laughs> I like someone, I, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Someone DM'd me and was like, what's your rate? Um, it happened like twice, like initially, like one time for the art and then one time for like the video. And the art like kind of made sense to me because I was like, okay, like that's cool. Like I, I'm putting I out a lot art. of art. I do art, but then the video stuff was like really mind blowing to me because <laughs> I had just been shooting on my phone. And also, <laughs> mind you, like a lot of people don't realize this, but if you scroll all the way back to my feed, the initial videos, like it's so grainy because I was shooting off an iPhone 8, an iPhone 8 Plus, I think. Ooh, um, throwback. 
yeah and so i was like i time i i was like time traveling backwards every time i put up a <laughs> video because <laughs> i was shooting with the iphone 8 plus <laughs> and i was like yeah i gotta upgrade right um but that's that's what it is you know and i think this whole journey has been pockets of joy if not just joyful altogether but it's it's just been a different experience every single time i love that um so you're in new york uh i know you uh do some asian uh restaurants as well um but i'm curious especially within the pandemic there has been a lot of um discrimination and hate and violence against asian uh americans and asian in general how has that affected either your art or your wellness um and does that also impact the joy piece when you're talking to different restaurants or when you're doing your art for it as well that's a that's a great question thank you for asking that um mm-hmm. i would say with the art it's it's interesting because the art like i don't it's a little different like i feel like with the art sometimes it's just like a static image right of what mm-hmm. i drew or me holding the piece and it the asian hate stuff motivated me to draw even more actually um on my personal page at the time i drew a piece i never thought i would draw i like team it dm it to you later it was like a really simple animation that i made on my ipad mm-hmm. and it was just like and it was like a cartoon like of an Asian boy and Asian girl holding a sign that said hate is a virus and it had like a song behind overlaid behind it, and there was like hearts coming out um and that's like a style of art I've never tried but I was like this like needs to be said and then also with the food stuff like when I draw Asian food I purposely don't censor anything like mm. I made this piece I made this piece that fundraised money for Chinatown last year and it made it into um Sunshine Town Loves uh, magazine, oh, inaugural magazine, which is like a great organization because you know grassroots campaign. And I chose to draw duck, roast duck. And I mean, I drew, I, I wanted to draw, draw roast duck because it's not that duck's not like, you know, prevalent in like cooking. It's it's obviously huge in like French cuisine. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because like, if you, for example, if you present. A social media post or a picture about this expensive duck that you find at a French restaurant. The comments will be like, "Oh, I mean, the hate comments might be like, oh, this is so snobby.' But like, most comments will be like, "Wow, that looks so decadent. That looks mm-hmm, amazing. Mm-hmm. I love, I love French technique. French technique is great. Don't get me wrong. But like, if you show like the roast duck and like Asian, you see the mirror, you know, or the... Bar- yeah, like the, yeah. you know, like barbecue, like Chinese barbecue, Cantonese mm-hmm. barbecue." you'll get plenty of hate comments that are like, yeah, I would never eat that, whatever, whatever. I'm like, it, 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 and it's just like, that's that's kind of the issue that we're talking about here, right? Which is why, like, I want to bring it to the point where I've gotten, I, the first time I got hate was, it was all racist comments um, because of like, I was doing a lot of spotlighting in Chinatown in Flushing, Queens, and yeah, I think the first time it may have been, it may have been a roast duck video actually. Like it got a lot of views. It got maybe half a million views and people, you know, most of it was obviously very positive. I would mm-hmm. say like 90, 98% even maybe. But when it's getting that many views, like 2% it's always gonna, a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, it was the first time I was seeing it. I wasn't really being personally attacked, but like people were saying really like out of line things that were just racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I, I usually choke I, I tried to ignore it and then I think eventually within the first two weeks I started like receiving you know receiving hate comments because things were going a little viral I think like eventually I clapped back a few times because I was like yo you guys are saying this is like, too much this is like really ignorant and mm-hmm. like just, it's just bigotry to be honest and then mm-hmm. um but I think nowadays I'm used to it and when I say that it, it's kind of sad that I'm used to it but I'm motivated now to make more content because what it's taught me is these people are always going to say whatever they want to say. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. There's a percentage that's always going to be like that. It comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. Look, if somebody's not hating on your work, not doing it right, <laughs> people are going to hate, right? It's okay. It, it's okay. I'm human. I'm human. I'm not going to say it doesn't ever hurt my feelings. Sometimes it does. But at the same time, like, if I'm causing that reaction, I'd rather cause that because the 98% of people that either hold that to be special and appreciate it or have never seen it and want to try it and help that mom pop or that restaurant or just want to have a new experience in their lives like that's worth it and I get every time I get a DM that's like hey I really enjoy your page like I got one yesterday where it was it was a father he's like hey I'm a single father Uh, my daughter loves food thank you so much for your post like I've saved all of them I'm gonna bring my daughter to all of them like I live in Bayside, Queens, and I'm like, yo, that's dope. Like I live in Queens. Like that's why you're seeing so much Queens content, and that's great. Like that made me feel good, and mm-hmm. I'm happy that he enjoys it, right? And I'm like, that far's outweigh. Like that one comment negates or even supersedes all mm-hmm. those hate comments, and it doesn't matter. And if anything, like it's just exposing the truth. It's like I've actually pinned racist comments on videos, so people, yes. somebody asked. Somebody asked once, they were like, why did you pin this comment? Like, you shouldn't show this comment any, you know, like attention. I'm like, nah, I think it's the opposite. Like, I'm showing it attention because I want people to know. I want people to know that this is this is happening on every video. Mm-hmm. And I see it. Like, I'm on my phone, so I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want y'all to know, and that's it. You gotta put it to light. Yeah. That's how you that's the only yeah. way you can destroy evil. Just put it to light. A lot of people want to hide behind uh anonymity and being or behind the screen but when the light comes to it they can't defend it or back it um and also i think what you said is like you can't let the two percent of hate destroy the 98 percent of joy and community that you're building um because like you said there's someone out there looking and waiting for you and like you said it's it's easy to take it personally and want to like shut everything down um but there's people out there that's literally you could be saving someone's life that's the way i always perceive it like there could be someone that is changed for the better um because of something that you put out there or said um and do you want that to be destroyed because someone decided to be a hater um and have and their hate is usually like 95 98 percent of the time not anything to do with you personally it's like they just needed to say something um either to get attention um or just to put it out there and it just you know it does nothing for anyone yeah exactly that's that's all it is and it is what it is right like that's just that's just like the society we live in and it's fine And and one thing i you know before we move on to another topic like one thing i realized was like the reason why I see things the way I see them is because that's just me and not everybody is going to see the way see, see it the way that I do whether whether I think that generally it's probably wrong right 
I mean, some people are on social media for other reasons. Usually the haters, if I check their profile, it's usually like a private profile with maybe zero posts or like two posts. <laughs> and like, they're probably just there to troll. And I'm yeah. like, all right, that's your prerogative, I guess. Like, I don't really get it. You have mad time on your hands apparently, <laughs> but uh, that's cool. I don't really have time, so peace. You're also a New Yorker, and that's how we usually roll. <laughs> like, yeah. all right, whatever. We we've seen enough. If you go on the subway one time enough, you've seen enough to desensitize you from everything. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like the subway is just crazy nowadays. I can't even imagine this stuff. But the one day I'll never wow. forget. And this is totally offhand, but there was one day where I saw this guy. Is it the pigeon guy? Like he he was on there. And he had like seven pigeons on him, like they were his homeboys, and no one blinked. No one said anything. Everyone was just like yeah that makes sense okay let's keep everyone's like we got things to do i'm like this is how i know this city's amazing just keep it moving at least see at least he's um like you know obviously those pigeons like are at that point kind of domesticated by him so yeah yeah at least he's like just chilling i get more stressed when it's like there's just a lot of activity I'm oh yeah like, now i gotta i gotta pay attention you gotta like, <laughs> yeah, i start getting nervous no sudden moves right because it's just like you don't know what they're gonna do next sometimes and that's the scary part um so i think the last part i just wanted to know is just like all right so for the art that you did for the series um one of the first ones that i really enjoyed was the macro one um and that's just the i love the colors um the foods that were being displayed um so definitely would like to know your mind how your some reactions around that as well as some of the other ones that you did um because i do know that was a back and forth uh with feedback and you hit it out of the park every time so if there's anything that one came to mind when doing any of the arts that you did um and two were you was there any challenges or anything that you wanted uh something that you normally don't do that you did in this project definitely want to hear about that experience before we close out well this is my first time really illustrating for a podcast um and i i've done like yeah bro <laughs> so yeah, and I appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, I, I would say, like, it's my third or fourth time maybe doing, like, I would say professional work, right? Because, like, mm -hmm. I've done commissioned art for, like, a magazine. I've done it for a calendar I talked to you about. Like, I've done different things. And I understand, like, it's interesting because I told you this is not my full-time job. So the first time it was professional was for the calendar. And, like... The person reviewing my work was is a professional art director who have like tons of industry experience so all of a sudden i started realizing like oh this is um this is like work <laughs> <laughs> so, like that makes sense i'm like yeah that makes sense because like after work you, you do your work you send it for feedback it gets reviewed it's probably all right probably decent but then there's like a few comments and then you address them and hopefully it's done Right, that, that's like how it works, right? So that's, <laughs> right. which I mean, but, but what was great was like, um, this is all I ask, our comments were like super transparent, but very constructive. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much from her. And she she was understanding, like I was like so transparent when I met her, I was like, yeah, it was my first time doing this. Like, you know, like I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself professional. And she was like, no, 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 like, don't worry. We want you to do it because you're great, but like, you know, and everything's gonna be constructive and we're gonna try not to like change your style at right. all. But but all her feedback was like, Oh, have you considered that if your shadow is here, where's your light source from? And I'd be like, That makes sense because the way I drew this, there's like five suns. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, like shadow that. all over. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd be like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. Or like, you know, um, think about the gradient here because right now there's not enough contrast. If this is your main idea, you want that to really resonate. Like everything she said was so valid and, and great. So coming into this project, I had the same mindset. Like I might not, when I say not, might not hit it out of the park the first try, it's just because we need to make something that is right for Obsidian. Mm -hmm. right obviously yes my style and i appreciate that but it's got to resonate so like it was helpful you know kind of know like your brand's colors the podcast colors and and obviously like i did listen to like a few episodes at least just to get the vibe a little bit and mm -hmm. i looked at um previous artwork as well to kind of gain a little bit of inspiration um and i would say like you mentioned the macros are I one thing I really wanted to challenge this was a challenge for me but it was good it made my brain work like my usual illustrations are really illustrated so for this I want it to be cleaner more to the point more symbolic versus illustrated so the macros are I was like you know we want to talk about diet and it's health and wellness right so what I ended up doing was thinking about the first thing I thought about was a heart symbol Mm -hmm. But I was like, that's really simple. Like, we can't just draw a heart. So then I started thinking, how do I tie everything together? That's when I thought thought about diet. Okay, let's be, let's put it literally. Like, someone's literal diet, it could be very different. It could be a plant-based diet. It could be meat-based. It could be, you know, whatever, right? And then I started thinking about all these ingredients. And I put what is perceived as healthy, on a healthy diet, on the right side of the heart, which with lighter colors, warmer colors. Because mm -hmm. to me, that... Like, look, I love pizza. Uh, you know, you see my food page, I eat everything, but like, I, I'm not eating fried chicken every day. Like, you just probably shouldn't, right? And then, um, so like, there's like a lot of the stuff you probably cook at home, right? And then those are the lighter colors because it should make you feel happy because food definitely does impact your mood, your diet, you know, your wellness, whatever. And then as you shift, it gets darker. And then I think what you saw there were like, off the top of my head, I think like hot dogs and like, Actually, I have on my phone now. I'm just take a look. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like chips and uh, chocolate, pizza, things like that. I mean, it's good in moderation, and I, I yep. want it to be there because I don't, I don't want people to think. And I'm not, I'm not a dietitian or anything, but I don't want people to think like just because you have. And I'm sure maybe you think the same way. Just because you have a slice of pizza means you failed today. Yep. No, I mean. I, this Friday, uh, yesterday, actually, like my wife came home, she was super tired. She's a teacher and we had home cooked food at home. That was really healthy. And I just like, when I picked her up on the subway, cause like she was just holding a lot of stuff. I, when I saw her face, I was like, man, I know she had a week. <laughs> I know she had a week. So, so my, my, my first thing is, and she's, she's pretty good with her diet. Like she takes care of herself. Right. And I was like. What do you want for dinner? Because I could just tell like a meal, a takeout was going to be a good idea. Just mentally, like wellness mm -hmm. wise. I was like, no, this is going to be our Friday. And I mean, I don't think what we got was like too unhealthy. I mean, it was Japanese food. It was like teriyaki mm -hmm. chicken with broccoli. And there was like, I mean, tonkatsu, like pork katsu was fried, whatever. But you know, <laughs> and, I, I, and I like surprised her with like some Japanese snacks from our Japanese grocery store like a few blocks away and like chips she loves potato chips i'm like look you we don't we don't binge this often like mm -hmm. let's just watch some tv treat yourself like have a glass of wine like 
yeah, you need that sometimes. You're not doing this every day. Like, I don't, I actually don't keep stacks in my apartment because I have no self-control. Same. Like, my, my guilty pleasure is, is soda. Like, I love carbonated drinks, so I don't buy it. What I do is, this isn't great either, but when I go to my, like, parents or sisters, they have it because they go on, like, Costco runs. Mm-hmm. So then I'll see it, and it's always cold. It's always like in the refrigerator. Yeah, I'm like, all right, Justin, you're done. <laughs> but, but at least I don't. But usually it's like far in between because at least I'm like only going there at most a couple times a month, a little bit more over the holidays. But like at home, it's like, yeah, I don't have it. just because if it's there, I'm, I'm done. You know? <laughs> Self control. It's out there with the. That's a, that's my philosophy. If I don't keep un quote unquote unhealthy snacks in my house, but if I do want it, I have to go and get it. That's my thing. And yeah, I'm not to willing to walk, and usually I'm not willing to walk because usually at like eleven o'clock I want it. Um, I'm like, all right. So then, if next time if I want it, I'll go walk for it. But now I can't get it. Yeah, creating, creating obstacles in my way. Yeah, and I think I'm lucky to say this, right? I feel like in the last year I've had a lot of really awesome food experiences too like i'm going going to like a lot of restaurants right so it's also like i'm eating stuff there that's a lot of it's pretty rich it's like i need to i need some balance so i mean like that all went to my mindset when i did this drawing like this is how i feel also and i want it to be relatable i want people to get it i didn't want people to feel it's every piece of work was supposed to be inclusive on some level I felt that. Yeah. Oh man, I thank you, thank you, thank you, Justin, for bringing everything you have. Uh, I think the last question I have for you before we wrap up is, what advice do you have for any artists, whether they're new and they want to start like you, um, or they've been doing it for like twenty years? Uh, what's your advice to them and their wellness right now? Yeah, I think from a wellness perspective and also our perspective, and speaking as someone that quit for like over ten years, I, I think just don't be. You know, don't be deterred to give it a shot and put out what things that you want to put out. Because there's so many people on this planet that you don't know who's going to resonate towards your art. Like, and it doesn't matter what people say. Like, it really just doesn't. Like, everyone's perspective is going to be different, including yours. And that's why I think everyone's art has some shape or form. Like, and that goes with everything. Like, I do the vlogging stuff. A lot of the people I follow, their vlogging styles are different, but it's all it's all really interesting. And like, you will find that community. Um, if you put yourself out there enough, I think you'll find that community. And don't be afraid to reach out to people because I got some really motivating, encouraging and good advice when I reached out to this Asian artist that I followed for a while. Her name is Felicia, Felicia Liang. She was based in New York. Um, she's also Taiwanese American, like I am, and now she's based in, um, I believe, the Bay Area. She's out in uh, California right now, but she's like full-time illustrator. Uh, she worked in consulting, so like her career path. Like I still work in consulting right now. It's a full-time job, but like I understood. I felt like she could understand where I was coming from because, mm-hmm. like I, you know, I. I you know, I'm lucky to have my day job and everything I enjoy, but I'm just saying, like, it's going from that to art is like such a different realm. And she was just telling me, like, her perspective. I emailed her, never expecting to get a response. She responded, like, ASAP, I think, like, maybe like two, three days. And we got on a Google Hangouts call. And, and this is when I was going really hard with my art. Like, now it's like, not that it's tapered off, but it's like 
different, right? It's like I'll I'll do video stuff. I draw sometimes. I'll make whatever. But um, yeah, she just encouraged me to like reach out to people too and continue doing it because people are supportive, more supportive than you think. And I think um, if it makes you happy, right? I think ultimately with wellness, if it makes you happy, you should just do it because why not? why not i love that thank you so much justin um thank you everyone for listening i'll definitely put the ig and the bio in the comments and show notes um and as we like to say thank you for picking you today bye y'all all right